Now we shall be reading Part 8 of Lesson 13, Arbitration and Conciliation Act, 1996, of Paper 1, Jurisprudence, Interpretation and General Laws. 13.30 Conditions for Enforcement of Foreign Awards Subsection 1 of Section 57 provides that, in order that a foreign award may be enforceable under the Act, it shall be necessary that the award has been in pursuance of a submission to arbitration which is valid under the law applicable thereto. The subject matter of the award is capable of settlement by arbitration under the law of India. The award has been made by the arbitral tribunal provided for in the submission to arbitration or arbitration or constituted in the manner agreed upon by the parties and in conformity with the law governing the arbitration procedure. The award has become final in the country in which it has been made in the sense that it will not be considered as such if it is open to opposition or appeal or if it is proved that any proceedings for the purpose of contesting the validity of the award are pending. The enforcement of the award is not contrary to the public policy or the law of India. Explanation 1. For the avoidance of any doubt, it is clarified that an award is in conflict with the public policy of India only if 1. The making of the award was induced or affected by fraud or corruption or was in violation of Section 75 or Section 81 or 2. It is in contravention with the fundamental policy of Indian law or 3. It is in conflict with the most basic notions of morality or justice. Explanation 2. For the avoidance of doubt, the test as to whether there is a contravention with the fundamental policy of Indian law shall not entail a review on the merits of the dispute. Further, subsection 2 provides that, even if the conditions laid down in subsection 1 are fulfilled, enforcement of the award shall be refused if the court is satisfied that a. The award has been annulled in the country in which it was made. b. The party against whom it is sought to use the award was not given notice of the arbitration proceedings in sufficient time to enable him to present his case, or that, being under a legal incapacity, he was not properly represented. c. The award does not deal with the differences contemplated by or falling within the terms of the submission to arbitration or that it contains decisions on matters beyond the scope of the submission to arbitration. Provided that if the award has not covered all the differences submitted to the arbitral tribunal, the court may, if it thinks fit, postpone such enforcement or grant it subject to such guarantee as the court may decide. As per subsection 3, if the party against whom the award has been made proves that under the law governing the arbitration procedure, there is a ground other than the grounds referred to in clauses A and of subsection 1 and clauses B and C of subsection 2, entitling him to contest the validity of the award, the court may, if it thinks fit, either refuse enforcement of the award or adjourn the consideration thereof, giving such party a reasonable time within which to have the award annulled by the competent tribunal. 13.31 Enforcement of Foreign Awards 
Section 58 provides that where the court is satisfied that the foreign award is enforceable under this chapter, the award shall be deemed to be a decree of the court. 13.31.1 Appealable Orders Subsection 1 of Section 59 provides that an appeal shall lie from the order refusing a. to refer the parties to arbitration under Section 54 and b. to enforce a foreign award under Section 57 to the court authorized by law to hear appeals from such order. Further, subsection 2 provides that no second appeal shall lie from an order passed in an appeal under this section. But nothing in this section shall affect or take away any right to appeal to the Supreme Court. 13.32 Conciliation Conciliation is an informal process in which the conciliator, the third party, tries to bring the disputants to agreement. He does this by lowering tensions, improving communications, interpreting issues, providing technical assistance, exploring potential solutions and bringing about a negotiated settlement. Mediation is a structured process in which the mediator assists the disputants to reach a negotiated settlement of their differences. Mediation is usually a voluntary process that results in a signed agreement which defines the future behaviour of the parties. The mediator uses a variety of skills and techniques to help the parties reach the settlement, but is not empowered to render a decision. Basically, these processes can be successful only if the personality of the conciliator or the mediator is such that he is able to induce the parties to come to a settlement. The Act gives a formal recognition to conciliation in India. Conciliation forces earlier and greater hold of the case. It can succeed only if the parties are willing to readjust. According to current thinking, conciliation is not an alternative to arbitration or litigation, but rather complements arbitration or litigation. 13.32.1 Application and Scope Subsection 1 of Section 61 provides that, save as otherwise provided by any law for the time being in force and unless the parties have otherwise agreed, Part 3 of the Arbitration and Conciliation Act 1996 shall apply to conciliation of disputes arising out of legal relationship, whether contractual or not, and to all proceedings relating thereto. As per subsection 2 of section 61, Part 3 of the Arbitration and Conciliation Act 1996 shall not apply whereby virtue of any law for the time being in force, certain disputes may not be submitted to conciliation. 13.32.2 Commencement of Conciliation Proceedings Subsection 1 of Section 62 provides that the party initiating conciliation shall send to the other party a written invitation to conciliate under this part, briefly identifying the subject of the dispute. Subsection 2 states that conciliation proceedings shall commence when the other party accepts in writing the invitation to conciliate. Further, Subsection 3 states that, if the other party rejects the invitation, there will be no conciliation proceedings. Subsection 4 provides that, if the party initiating conciliation does not receive a reply within 30 days from the date on which he sends the invitation, or within such other period of time as specified in the invitation, he may elect to treat this as a rejection of the invitation to conciliate, and if he so elects, he shall inform in writing the other party accordingly. 13.32.3 
Number of conciliators. The number of conciliators is detailed in section 63. Where there are more than one conciliators, they ought to, as a general rule, act jointly. There shall be one conciliator unless the parties agree that there shall be two or three conciliators. 13.33 Appointment of conciliators Subsection 1 of Section 64 provides that, subject to subsection 2, a. In conciliation proceedings with one conciliator, the parties may agree on the name of a sole conciliator. b. In conciliation proceedings with two conciliators, each party may appoint one conciliator. c. In conciliation proceedings with three conciliators, each party may appoint one conciliator and the parties may agree on the name of the third conciliator who shall act as the presiding conciliator. Further, subsection 2 provides that parties may enlist the assistance of a suitable institution or person in connection with the appointment of conciliators and in particular, a. A party may respect such an institution or person to recommend the names of suitable individuals to act as conciliator. Or b. The parties may agree that the appointment of one or more conciliator to be made directly by such an institution or person, provided that in recommending or appointing individuals to act as conciliator, the institution or person shall have regard to such consideration as are likely to secure the appointment of an independent and impartial conciliator and, with respect to a sole or third conciliator, shall take into account the advisability of appointing a conciliator of a nationality other than the nationalities of the parties. 13.34. Submission of Statements to Conciliator Subsection 1 of Section 65 provides that the conciliator, upon his appointment, may request each party to submit to him a brief written statement describing the general nature of the dispute and the points at issue. Each party shall send a copy of such statement to the other party. Further, subsection 2 provides that the conciliator may request each party to submit to him a further written statement of his position and the facts and grounds in support thereof, supplemented by any documents and other evidence that such party deems appropriate. The party shall send a copy of such statement, documents and other evidence to the other party. Subsection 3 states that at any stage of the conciliation proceedings, the conciliator may request a party to submit to him such additional information as he deems appropriate. Explanation In this section and all the following sections of this part, the term conciliator applies to a sole conciliator, two or three conciliators as the case may be. Conciliator not bound by certain enactments. Section 66 provides that the conciliator is not bound by the Code of Civil Procedure 1908 or the Indian Evidence Act 1872. Role of Conciliator Subsection 1 of Section 67 provides that the conciliator shall assist the parties in an independent and impartial manner in their attempt to reach an amicable settlement of their dispute. Further, Subsection 2 provides that the conciliator shall be guided by principles of objectivity, fairness and justice, giving consideration to, among other things, the rights and obligations of the parties, the usages of the trade concerned and the circumstances surrounding the dispute, 
including any previous business practices between the parties. As for subsection 3, the conciliator may conduct the conciliation proceedings in such a manner as he considers appropriate, taking into account the circumstances of the case, the wishes the parties may express, including any request by a party, that the conciliator hear oral statements and the need for a speedy settlement of the dispute. Subsection 4 states that the conciliator may, at any stage of the conciliation proceedings, make proposals for a settlement of the dispute. Such proposals need not be in writing and need not be accompanied by a statement of the reasons therefore. Administrative Assistance Section 68 provides that in order to facilitate the conduct of the conciliation proceedings, the parties or the conciliator with the consent of the parties may arrange for administrative assistance by a suitable institution or person. Communication between conciliator and parties. Subsection 1 of Section 69 provides that the conciliator may invite the parties to meet him or may communicate with them orally or in writing. He may meet or communicate with the parties together or with each of them separately. Further, subsection 2 states that unless the parties have agreed upon the place where meetings with the conciliator are to be held, such place shall be determined by the conciliator after consultation with the parties having regard to the circumstances of the conciliation proceedings. Disclosure of Information Section 70 provides that when the conciliator receives factual information concerning the dispute from a party, he shall disclose the substance of that information to the other party in order that the other party may have the opportunity to present any explanation which he considers appropriate. Provided that when a party gives any information to the conciliator subject to a specific condition that it be kept confidential, the conciliator shall not disclose that information to the other party. Cooperation of Parties with Conciliator Section 71 provides that the parties shall in good faith cooperate with the conciliator and, in particular, shall endeavour to comply with requests by the conciliator to submit written materials, provide evidence and attend meetings. Suggestions by Parties for Settlement of Dispute Section 72 provides that each party may, on his own initiative or at the invitation of the conciliator, submit to the conciliator suggestions for the settlement of the dispute. With this, we end Part 8 of the Audio Lesson 13, Arbitration and Conciliation Act 1996. Please do listen to the next part.